Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Everybody and welcome to another fantastic episode of Truth Wanted. I'm your host, Objectively Dan. This is the live call-in show that happens every single week, Fridays at 7 p.m. Central Time, where we talk to people about what they believe and why. Every week I have a special guest, and this week is no different. He is president of the Atheist Community of Austin, nope. uh, one of the many hosts of, uh, of uh, uh, Atheist Experience. And a uh, cool person has been on the show before. You probably know his name if you watch this show. It's Matt Dillahunty. Matt, hey, what's man. up? I'm no longer president. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I forgot. Yeah, I, I bet that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, it's easy to forget since you know if if you added up all the time that the ACAs existed and just you, banked on who was president at any given time, right. Odds are it would be me. You were president, and then you weren't president, and then you were president again. And now not president, but uh, you've yeah. you've been serving the atheist community of Austin for um, a long time. Um, I, you know, we joked, we joked about this last time, uh, like before I was on atheist experience a couple weeks ago and we talked about this before the show, we didn't say it on air, but I did the math. Turns out the first time you were on atheist experience, I was in fourth grade. So I wow. don't know. I, yeah, I don't know what that says about you or me or how that should make you feel, but I just thought that should be out there for the world to know. So, you know, take that with, uh, uh, you know, I thought maybe I was just showing up so you could make me feel old. No, no, of course, of course not. No, I I do have the Cheers background, uh, which is a show that was on before I was born, uh, right. just because I thought I don't know. I, was, we were talking about Cheers before the show. We're kind of doing random backgrounds right now, guys. If you have any suggestions for, you know, fun background ideas, uh, please let us know. But yeah, Matt, welcome, welcome back. What's up, man? How you been? What's going I'm on? I'm all right. Thanks for having me on. I'm fully vaccinated. I nice. have health care again, so I'm back That's to. Good. Uh, I'm I'm on insulin for my diabetes again, rather than just you know s- sitting around with a blood sugar that's way up here and and dangerously high. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty good. I got to hug somebody uh, other than my girlfriend or my brother for the first time since like last July. And yeah, uh, that was. Great. I'm getting my second dose tomorrow. I don't even think I told people when I got my first dose, but I got my second dose tomorrow. I'm really excited about that. Getting the Pfizer done. So. I'm looking forward to looking like sh- feeling like shit this weekend. We'll see. I also I got my ear pierced oh. uh, this recently, so so that's a thing now. And we were just talking about whether or not it's the gay side or <laughs> not because uh, of like several people have asked me that now, and it's just like I didn't think we that was still a thing. I don't know, but I guess <laughs> I guess it kind of is. I don't um, think it was ever really a thing. I think people yeah just made, you made a bunch of stuff up, but yeah yeah I don't know. So uh, Matt, I I was just it was just kind of funny. I was looking at your Wikipedia article because you're probably one of the only people I know personally that has a Wikipedia article. And I was just thinking like, you know, I could, I wonder if I edited this, if you would ever even care, like, would you even see it? Do you ever check your Wikipedia article? Oh, I, I, so 
when when they, somebody first created a Wikipedia article on me, yeah, and when they linked it to me, I was like, I'm not deserving of a Wikipedia article. What the hell's going on? And yeah. So I went over and I looked at it and it was like, okay, but it kept getting challenged. It's like, there's a whole bunch of other people who are like, oh, Matt's not famous enough to have a Wikipedia. So it would get taken down and get put back. Yep. And then the people who put it back would be like, here's a newspaper article. Here's a TV show. Here's a credit here. Yeah. A credit. And eventually it, it overcame all that, but I didn't pay any attention. And then there's a group of individuals working within the secular community that at a, an entirely volunteer uh, basis ran around to social media and to Wikipedia and redid everybody's page. Um, and so they contacted really? me, they tried to, to verify as much information as they could. And so they did a complete revamp of my Wikipedia page. And this is probably six or seven years ago, I think. And okay. uh, I went over and looked at it then. I don't think I've been back because um, I, don't, I don't bother checking it for accuracy. See, Hell, I'm not sure I know what's accurate. Right. Well, what I was thinking was like, you know, like I, I've known you for, well, like four years now. It's been a little bit. I, if I'm a credible enough source, I could say something about you right now on this show and that somebody could link this video as a source. I could say like Matt only wears purple and green socks. I happen to know that as a fact. And then we could put it on there. And then I, I'm wondering how many years it would take before somebody would shut that down, because who really knows? Right. Yeah. I mean, do you ever show although, your feet on camera? Is that is that a thing you do on your streams? I don't know. I, don't I, I can't that. answer that question. It could cost oh, okay. extra for me to show my feet on camera. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Okay. It's on my only Fair fans. Enough. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm not a subscriber. Um, yeah. <laughs> Clear, I don't know. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. There's only two. Really? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't even have an OnlyFans. I'm just. Oh, okay. Well, you should, though. Why not? No. Why I, not? What about TikTok? No, although I'm I'm hearing people are contacting me all the time saying you should get on TikTok. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because you're already a big deal on TikTok. Evidently, people are taking old clips from this experience yeah. and posting them on TikTok. And I'm like, okay, but if these people are getting rich off what I did and I'm not making any money, I should maybe jump in on it. I'm going to monetize yeah. my YouTube channel. And that's, that's happening for the first time ever um, because YouTube is going to monetize it whether I want to or not. So sure. I'm going to do it so I get the money. Yeah, uh, I also got approved to do a cameo because people kept asking. They're like, Hey, if I, if you were on cameo, I could send you five bucks or something and you could say happy birthday to my mom. And I'm like, okay, uh, I like paying my bills. I like having yeah. healthcare. I'll say happy birthday to whoever you want. <laughs> yeah. That's really awesome. I happy birthday, suggest- Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm Ben's a big fan of the show. He's going to love that. I'm sure. Honestly. Yeah. Um, no, like I, I've thought about because people have told me I should do TikTok too. I actually have one, um, and there's like two videos on there, and they're not very good. They're just me responding to some stuff. But every time I get on TikTok, I just get really upset because I just see the most stupid bullshit on there, and there's so much on there. I don't know. It's 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 not like it's not like YouTube because YouTube you have to click on it and at least like to to watch it. But with TikTok, it's just a never-ending feed of stuff, and apparently I just hit all the right you know algorithm. Um, you know, hits, I guess for, I for just dumb stuff. I don't know. I, it's not, it's not because I'm old and don't get it. Uh, yeah. I, I have never looked at TikTok, um, despite the fact that, you know, and I don't really use my Instagram much, but I'm, I'm live on Twitch quite frequently. Hell, I was alive today. I was live yesterday. I'll probably yeah. be, I won't be live tomorrow, but I'll be live on Monday. Um, I do, uh, you know, a lot of different platforms. I just, it's like, TikTok didn't hit me as something as the one extra I needed to add. So it, I mean, it is the next thing. And now uh, the next thing is the hot tub meta on Twitch and stuff. So I know you have a hot tub. I do. So you can, you can compete in the hot tub meta. I, I would 
Somebody asked me about it yesterday and I'm like, yes, when the new laptop, I'm, I've, I've returned four laptops for technical issues in the last month. So when the new laptop finally arrives and gets set up, I will put it out on the back porch. Yeah. I will jump in the hot tub and I will stream <laughs> me running Isaac, uh, uh, but I won't break Twitch's terms of service. So I'll actually, <laughs> I'll actually have clothing on, but I, I'll do a hot tub thing. That's great. There you go, man. That's awesome. Um, well, folks, a real quick announcement on my side. I am moving next week. Woohoo. Yay. Fun stuff. I'm not going to be here to do a show, though. So Puck is going to be back for that. So look forward to that. Um, awesome. But we're going to do a different setup here as well. Obviously, I'm going to be set up in this uh, new place. Um, so look forward to that. And also just want to remind you guys, this is a call-in show. Maybe you're tuning in for the first time. Maybe you like Matt and you see this other stuff. Um, if you're new, welcome. Come call in. We have some open lines here um, and we want to talk to you guys. This is Truth. Why do we talk about what people believe and why if you've seen atheist experience it's kind of like that actually i was on atheist experience a couple weeks ago some of you probably have watched me because of that atheist experience um spot so uh, if you are then hey well welcome i hope you're, you've enjoyed been enjoying the past couple weeks hey Dan. um yeah yeah what's up can i give you a tip give me a tip what's up you probably don't want to reach out to people saying maybe you really like Matt and you want to call in. What you want to do is reach out. Maybe you guys hate Matt. Maybe, oh, yeah, that's maybe <laughs> you couldn't. He hung up on you on Atheist Experience, but now Dan's in control. Of <laughs> that's right. That's so right. You're in my who, world now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess if, if you have some things you want to say to Matt and your restraining order prevents you from getting anywhere <laughs> close to him, then this is a chance to call him because, you know, international lines, you know, doesn't, doesn't really work there. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, definitely come call into the show. Um, yeah, so uh, I was watching. I, I don't usually do this, Matt, but um, I was watching some chess stuff this past weekend because um, mm. somebody was telling me about this big chess tournament and stuff. And I know you're like you're you're when I think of people who play chess, you're like the the number one person in my life. <laughs> I think I, I'm I'm not uh, good, but I, I'm I'm not horrible. But uh, I love to play, and I am a junkie. You so like. Like you have to explain to me like how because I don't so 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 there's a whole new like community of of chess online kind of like shit talking and stuff. There's like a lot of drama and stuff in the chess community. I like it it's just it's a whole other world to me. I don't really understand it. Do people really get that into it? People get heated. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, no, it won't make a lot of sense. Right now, Magnus Carlson is worst world champion, and they just right. had um basically the candidates tournament to figure out who is going to be his next competitor. And, and a guy whose name I'll get wrong, but we'll just call him Nepo because that's the short version of his last name, um, won that. And he'll be challenging Carlson for world championship. There are, there are serious grandmaster chess players mm -hmm. who play in tournaments. And some of them are actually also serious players online. Chess is pretty big on like mm -hmm. Twitch um, and not just where, where you have like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to trash anybody. I, I love tons of streamers, uh, Eric mm -hmm. Rosen. Uh, John Bartholomew, Ginger GM, Ben Feingold, uh, uh, Nakamura, um, Gotham Chess, Botez Sisters. And it's not, when I say Botez Sisters, by the way, they do a little bit more than than chess as well. But I, I love their chess stuff as well. Um, Ag Agadmator um, on mm -hmm. YouTube. It, it, chess is a big deal. The the most recent drama that I heard about was something between uh, Ikara Nakamura and... Um, uh, Chess bra, whose name I forget, and I apologize because he's legit. I mean, GM, that's that's amazing. I'm just not remembering it right now. Um, they had beef, and they somebody filed a copyright strike against him, and that turned into you know a bunch oh. of back and forth. But there are chess streamers. I mean, 
Hikaru is on a team. He's one of the most popular, if not the most popular chess streamer, at least on Twitch, if not elsewhere. But it's, there's, there's great opportunities to learn and not just watch. I mostly play Bullet and a, and a little bit of Blitz, at, and I don't have time to study, but I love playing. But you, you've played, you've streamed it before. I know you've oh, seen yeah. stream playing chess. I, but how, it's become how come you're not in the tournaments, Matt? How come you're not you're not competing? Well, that's going to change. Uh, so first of all, I don't play well enough to play in any serious tournaments. But there is the Pog Champs tournament that is specifically designed <laughs> for Twitch streamers. Twitch streamers. Um, my friend David Pakman played in it, and yeah, uh, at each basically they take a bunch of Twitch streamers and they give you a serious coach, a grandmaster, I am or something, um, and you play in a tournament. I want to play in Pog Champs next year, um, even though I'm not great. I, I know some of the people who played in it. I watched a lot of it. So yeah, I would play in that because I'd love to have, you know, any of the, any of the people I named and my apologies to um, the the other Eric who I didn't name any of them. I'd be happy to have coach me uh, and and playing pod champs. I'd love to do that. Eric Hansen. Eric Hansen. That's thank the, you. I'm so sorry, Eric, because Eric is phenomenal. I'm like uh, probably one of the best four or five online bullet blitz players I've ever seen. And and I I apologize for not not that he's going to see this, but but if he ever does, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, uh, lots of chess players are are really big into Truth Wanted. You know, it's very famous. You know, cross so. audience there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, no, really good it, stuff. I was thinking of be. you were saying Pog Champs, and I was thinking of Poggers, like the little um, the little circle things. No, I'm Pogs, about Pogs like Pogs. Twitch, Twitch speak for play of the yeah, game. That's, and so right, that's the Twitch thing. Yeah. But like, I just don't. I I remember seeing those as a kid, but I don't really know. I don't know how that thing works. I know that you like collect the little little circles. Right, and you do I something was, with them. I was too old for pogs, poggers, okay. or whatever. So yeah. So we're 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 both the wrong. So I was too young, and you were too old. So I guess we can't com what comment happens. on it competently. That's what happens when you do a show with someone who's been doing shows since you were in fucking fourth grade. <laughs> I guess so. I guess that's what happens. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I just think it's funny. It's a funny like the idea of that I was sitting in class like learning how to divide while you were like going off on somebody on the air. It's like just a really funny match. I don't know. Um, but uh, no, it's cool. It's great that you've been, you've been doing the call in game for a while. You know, you like, like still at it, like still, I don't know. Like, do you ever get tired of it? Do you ever think that like, you, you don't want to do it anymore sometimes or like, you know, you, you've been doing it so long. I just wonder, you know, no. And actually I'm doing more than ever. Um, yeah, that's true. Granted, I'm, I'm doing your show today. Right. Um, I do Atheist Experience most Sundays, but um, we, we have a great team and we've added, you know, Dave Warnock to that team. And uh, Mandisa is not a regular co-host, but we're going to be getting her in, in the mix as much as we can. Um, and there's, you know, great people who, who I trust and I don't have to be on every week, but I love mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so I do Atheist Experience. I do right. the Hang Up. I'm starting a new show also on the Line Network that is primarily debate focused. Um just a one hour. Hey, did you think you didn't get a fair shake during the, the more rapid fire atheist experience hangup stuff? And you want to have just a one-on-one -on -one, I'm doing that. Um, I, on Sunday, I'm not, I'm doing atheist experience and the line mm -hmm. and uh, I'm building up a rig so that I can do some of these shows on the road. Since, yeah. since we now know I can, I can do it for an, from anywhere. I mean, the right. video quality won't be as good as it is here. Cause I've built a studio in my house. I built two studios in my house but yeah yeah i think it's cool like i think if you asked you know people maybe five ten years ago if call-in shows would still be a thing like in the year 2021 i don't think i think most people would say no but i think like twitch 
and just like you know streaming services in general have really like boosted the popularity of a lot of these shows i mean outside of just you know all the atheist community of austin shows i mean there's still lots of people doing the format for different reasons so it's it's interesting to see how it's still just alive and kicking i wonder myself too i'm like how long am i gonna be doing the call-in show thing when is it not going to be like a viable format anymore but i don't know it seems like it's going okay right yeah so i don't see i don't see any real end to it i've got because yeah. it's not like people are going to stop believing things that are irrational and unfounded sure um, i got pretty good job security i don't think the world's going to become you know 100 skeptic and free of religion and superstition yeah. tomorrow there is that there is it might be the opposite and then you might need that job security because yeah. there'll be le even less of us in the future. Well, right. how long how long have you been doing Truth Wanted? Uh, since 2018. So, so about so a little over two years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've already you've already made it past the hurdle. I, as somebody who's watched people come in a lot, mm -hmm. um, there are some people who come in gung ho. I want to do a show. I want to work on something. And some yeah. of them have the skill set to make it work, and some don't. But one of the things I've always loved is that the atheist community of Austin. Uh, between mm -hmm. the various shows we have, we're willing to give anybody a shot, and you've been successful. And um, in theory, <laughs> and well, I mean, also a lot of people will quit. In yeah, some people quit after one episode because it's just too hard, and some people quit, you know, later on because life gets in the way and they get distracted or the show's not growing at the rate. There are some people who get into this to get famous on YouTube because yeah. that's a thing now. Yeah. Um, I don't have any interest in that. I never had any interest in being popular or famous. I just wanted to support skepticism, humanism, and atheism and, and reach out to people. And, and it's clear that you are the same way as are most of the people that I know who are involved with AC or ACA stuff. Yeah, I, I'd say that's true. Yeah, for pretty much all of our, I mean, like I consider this, this is a volunteer project, you know, um, and, and I really like that. And, and, and props to you too, man. I mean, like, I mean, you've been doing AXP for such a long time, but like, I've never heard you say like, oh, AXP is like my show, you know, <laughs> like, not. even though yeah, like, I, I would argue that most people know the show because of you, I would, I would, I would go as far as yeah. to say that. And, and, but like, you've never, you know, as long as I've worked with you, at least I've never heard, you, I've never given that vibe that like, oh, this is, this is Matt's thing. You know, like, it's always been like a group thing. There's, we've always been working with people behind the scenes with making this stuff happen. And um, like, I, I enjoy being a personality for the ACA. I love it. It's great. But like, I, I always wish that everybody who watches these shows could really come to Austin, not right now, but yeah. in the future could come to Austin and really see like, yeah, we really are like a whole community down here, like doing this stuff. And there's a, there's a lot of people that help make this machine work, you know, this, uh, these shows work and, and, and I enjoy it. It's great. I, I, I'm the same way. I don't care if I get super famous or if I ever, I mean, I don't get money from this anyway, but like, you know, it's, right. it's like, I, I enjoy the work. I don't know. I enjoy feeling like I'm making a difference and I think I do. And I think you do too. So it's, 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 it's a good feeling. Uh, that's enough for me. So it's yeah, fun stuff. It's, I wish people could see it more. So yeah, first of all, it wasn't my show when I got mm -hmm. there. Um, I, I am the producer, but we have an executive producer for all of ACA content. So there's, there's someone who can override any decision that, or almost any decision that I want to make. Uh, you can't force me to do a show with somebody I don't want to yeah, do it with. Yeah, sure, yeah. But it's been that way the whole time. Somebody in chat asked, uh, I don't know any atheist YouTubers who are trying to become famous. Um, I do, but I won't name them. Because, <laughs> I was going to say, I, probably, I think I do too. But I, bet, uh, yeah. I bet I could name four off the top of my head that both of us know. Yeah, um, yeah but, probably. But that's good because what it shows is the people who have that as a goal are not reaching the same people um, that others are reaching. Yeah. And, and, you know, but I, you know, I'm fine if I don't want to poo poo anybody. 
I mean, if you're out there doing good work, I want you to make money. I want you to let's get as popular as you can because you're doing good work. It's about the, for me, it's about the goal. There's a reason I didn't monetize my personal YouTube channel uh, because I didn't want to seem in any way to be financially benefiting from Mm -hmm. the work that I'd done volunteer at ACA. The other thing is, is that as soon as you monetize, there's a perception that you're just in it for the clicks and everything else. And I wanted to have, you know, granted, I was never going to monetize YouTube, but I will now. And I'm okay with it because I donated all of my free time, all of my vacation time, all of my life savings to build a lot of this stuff up. Yeah. Um, So yeah, if I make a dollar every now and then I no longer feel guilty about it at all. Right. Yeah. Like I, um, you know, like you said, it's like, I, I want to, I think people should put their best talents forward. You know, like if you're able to like write great blog posts, like definitely do that. Like yes. if you're able to help out in production, like I'm one, the ACA, um, you know, always has volunteer opportunities, but even if it's not with us. Like if you, if you have other projects that you can do that for, go for it. Like for me, like I am best, if you put a camera in front of me and I'll talk in front of a microphone for an hour and a half, I'll do that, you know? Um, and, and not everybody can do that. I'm, I'm glad that that's something I can do for the community and, and like activism as a whole, but like it, I always encourage people to figure that out for themselves, what you can do to contribute. And it, it might not be just one thing, obviously, but um, there's always more that people can do, even just organizing a Facebook group for right. people. I mean, like it, there's always so much more. You don't have to have a YouTube channel. You don't have to, you know, buy a bunch of equipment or, um, you know, figure out how to make videos and, and go through that whole production process. Like there's, there's lots of ways to get a voice out there. So, yeah. Yeah. And somebody you. asked me about that today. They're mm. like, you know, because I, I was, was streaming and playing Isaac and somebody donated and, and, and that was just for me personally, that has nothing to do with activism. Yeah. They were asking this question of, you know, hey, what can people do if they're not able to donate financially? And I, I, I can't say it enough. While the movement definitely needs money because it costs money to do things. Yes. There are so many more things that you can do. You're, you, first of all, if you don't have a local organization in your area, you can start one. And once you get that low, that in that organization, you need somebody who's going to schedule the meetups, who may offer a venue. Maybe we need someone who has accounting experience to help, mm-hmm. for, you know, to handle the donations that are coming in. Maybe we need someone with legal experience to file paperwork on making us a 501c3 or trademarking yeah. our stuff. Maybe yeah. we just need someone to show up, set up chairs before an event and take the chairs down. Maybe somebody needs to pick up the food that somebody else paid for. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, I mean, it could be anything. Everybody has something they contribute, including just being a smiling, welcoming face so that you have a community. When people show up, it's not the same five dour or giddy white guys with beards patting themselves on the back for not believing in God anymore and trashing whatever thing they feel like trashing that day. Yep. Yep. It's true. It's true. And and that's probably my favorite thing about doing things now is... And I've talked about this a lot on the show, but just seeing the growing diversity of people that don't look like you or me <laughs> doing yes. this stuff, you know, um, and 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 I really appreciate that now. Like it, it, the community is just a really different place than it was, you know, five, 10 years ago, um, you know, even before I was part of it. But like oh, you yeah. can see it. You can see it if you look at sort of the history, at least of the community online and stuff. Right. There's obviously different communities and different places, people but. have asked me, you know, hey, how long are you going to do atheist experience? Well, I'll yeah. do it as as long as I feel I'm, I'm doing okay. And as long as the ACA thinks I'm doing okay. Mm. Um, but I, I'm working to make sure that if, and when I leave the show, yeah, whatever's left of the show looks as little like me on the surface as possible. I, I don't need, I don't think we, I need to be followed up by another, you know, 
cishet white dude, you know, bald with a beard, because that's becoming kind of a stereotype. There was, you know, because we had Ashley and then me and, you know, it's coincidence that I got my hair. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a good I thing want... I can't grow a beard. That's all I'll say right now. I don't know where this is going to be in a couple of years, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. You know, but yeah, uh, I, I think we're, you know, we're doing great. And it's one of the things, you know, I know that the truth one has been your baby, but also, you know, you've, you've had puck on recently mm -hmm. and this is what happens when, when the shows start growing Yeah, is let's, let's get as many different faces and, and names in there. Um, because we want people to recognize that this isn't the same club that it was oh, yeah. 20 years ago. Oh yeah. That's why I, I try to get, bring in new guests every single week. Like I want to show off all the spectrums of, of different people that, that, um, contribute to this community and stuff. And it's been, uh, it's been really great doing this. I know. I mean, I, I can relate to you now in the sense that like, I, I get why, you know, this is really satisfying doing shows like this and stuff. And so I, I, uh, I encourage other people, Hey, if you have a voice and you want to put it out there, yeah, try YouTube, but Hey, YouTube's not the only thing you could do. Let There's me tell you all, lots of avenues. Let me tell you as rewarding as this is. Yeah. Um, when I go and you talked about this, not being my show, uh, you know, mm -hmm. atheist experience, when I started going out on the road to do lectures and debates and conventions and stuff, I would hear from people at every single event. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you guys so much for what you do. You know, you saved my life. You changed my life. You changed my mind. And they, you know, there were every time somebody's like, Oh, I love your show. I'm remind them. Well, it's, it's not mine. I'm mm -hmm. the host and producer, but it's ACAs and I will share what, you know, tell everybody when I get back home, I've been the fortunate one to go out there and, you know, speak. I also made sure that, you know, like Tracy went out and did events with me along with Sarah Hader and others. Um, I, I do magic shows on occasion. And I realized that while I love the audience response during a magic show, I love doing magic. I love, I love the response and the feedback from all of that. Mm -hmm. I also love and probably love more the response that I get for doing atheist, humanist, skeptical activism. Mm -hmm. When I, when I was touring with Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins and we, we got out, we got to London and there's 3,500 people in this, great theater there and they announce my name and I walk out on stage and people are, you know, on their feet and clapping and everything else. It's not like, Oh, we love you. You're a celebrity. That is, we really appreciate the work that you've been doing and the impact that it's had. And that's fundamentally different. It's not the same thing you do. You, you know, you do a magic show. It's like, Oh, you're really good at the magic. And we love, you know, the, whatever movie you were in for the celebrities. But when, when people, man, it's just, I can't say enough good things about how fortunate I've been and how much I appreciate the people who appreciate what you and I and others do. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I feel the same way in the sense that every nice comment I've seen is just like, wow, like that's incredible that you think that this is so awesome. Like I, you know, when I was first really getting myself involved in the community and meeting like really wonderful names um, that just do all these kinds of works and, and actually developing friendships with some of them, I realized like, oh, all of these people are amazing people. They do awesome stuff, but they're just, they're people just like me. And I can do this too. You know, it was a very empowering feeling for the most part. Um, so uh, I, I, uh, I, I wish to give that to other people as well. Um, and, 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 and want people to know that, Hey, like this is an, this is an open space. We want more people to share their voices and, and do what they want. But, uh, we are getting close to time here. We're going over time that I usually do for calls. You ready to get some calls here, man? I'm always ready for call. Yeah, let's do it. Um, we are going to switch to calls then folks, but before we get to calls, we have to shout out the patron of the week every single week. 
we give a shout out to the patrons on patreon.com slash truth wanted for all for everybody that um, donates but we always shout out one in particular and this week's patron is going to be on screen here in just a second patron of the week this week is ali k thank you ali k for donating and if you like to donate to truth wanted you can do that again patreon.com slash truth wanted i want to give a special thanks to everybody that donates but thank you ali k uh, especially this week for uh doing that really appreciate it and now it's time to get to some calls you ready for some calls man i i am all right let's do it let's do it i'm gonna talk to uh let's talk to justin calling let's in from alabama fun. this week justin what's up hello thought i would uh start the show off with a nice light topic for you guys now uh, that i now that i'm reading the call screening uh, i know that you're joking but <laughs> I, I suspect that yeah there's, yeah there's no way this is going to be a light call yeah so yeah. bring it on justin well, glad yeah. to have you well so guys um i'm pretty nervous I, I know everybody says that but my first time ever calling the aca show was last week i called this show and i spoke with brenda and puck and it was pretty cool but um i gotta say guys uh both of you were instrumental in uh, shaping, helping me shape my, my mindset and my outlook on life for the better. And um, Matt, you, you taught me a lot about reason. And Dan, your story with Anthony resonated with me. Uh, so anyway, I want to get that out of the way. Um, well, thank you for saying so. I yeah, thank you. Thank so, you so much. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited to get to talk to you guys. Anyway, so here's the thing. I was thinking of a topic all week and I, I, I had this fun thing about parallel universes that I will eventually am going to call about, but I thought, no, there's something that's been on my mind and that something is, so I'm a, I'm a creator. Um, I like, uh, I write books, I write novels on the, and I'm not trying to self promote. I'm just saying I write novels on the side. I have a day job and all of my thoughts about the world seep into my books. Of course. And my mom would uh, ask me questions about it and, you know, where do you get these ideas and what does that mean? And, you know, really offended because I'm, I'm a Southern Baptist. I mean, I'm, I'm not, but I grew up Southern Baptist sure. um, until I, uh, I don't know, a few years ago, I kind of, I, I get Cosmos of all things by Neil deGrasse Tyson is what actually started the lighting the fire in my head. And then um, when my mom died, um, my mom died from cancer last April and, um, uh-huh. She was, 50, she was 58 and she was, you know, b- believing till the day that she went that she did something wrong. And that was why she was dying. And, um, and so at the time I'm, I'm trying not to give too much preamble, but I'm trying to, you know, shape the story. But basically at the time I had a friend that was telling me about Jordan Peterson and I went down this crazy rabbit hole where I was, uh, emotionally at a disadvantage because my mom just died and I'm listening to this guy who makes you feel things. And, and I, I I went from being an atheist to being all of a sudden like the most devoted Christian for about two months Mm. until I read the Bible. And then I was like, hold on, what the hell? And then (laughs) I found atheist experience. And, and then Matt, I found your debate with Jordan and, and, and man, you dismantled that, that guy's logic better than Sam Harris could do in four interviews. So (laughs) that's all I'll say about that. It it just, (laughs) it just was like, holy shit, like the smoking thing. You can't, you can't stop smoking without a, a mystical experience. I'm like, okay, I got to put this shit down. Um, this guy's, <laughs> I, I mean, I like yeah. the guy, don't get me wrong, but like, anyway, my point is I went through a, a real weird emotional roller coaster over the last year where I went from being like sort of an atheist to like a real Christian to the hardest atheist possible. All the while my dad's grieving and he doesn't know it. 
And I know on the atheist experience and the talk heathen, and you know, a lot of times the host will say something like, well, how, how important is it to you to tell them? Like, what is that going to get you? And, and I get that. And that's why I have not, but here I am going, okay, I think I'm ready to finally tell him, you know, like it's not so much tell him. It's just stop like not telling him. In other words, I can't create the way I want to create if he's going to read it and think, oh, my God, he, he is an atheist. Oh, no, it's the end of the world. Well, you know, mm. so I, I, right when I'm getting ready to just be like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to casually just drop it. You know, I don't know. I'm so sure I believe in that anymore. Or maybe hit him with some straight epistemology or just whatever. I'm not going to attack him. I'm just I'm just not going to keep lying about it. Yeah. And then he hits me with he has cancer now. <laughs> and like this happened yesterday. And so. That's why I was telling you all that about, you know, what my topic was going to be and all that. Like, basically, it changed everything because I thought, I I don't think I could do it now. I don't think I should do it now. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, I I don't know what you guys think about that, but does that make any sense? Like, I'm a passionate person about what I believe in. So if I'm, you know, like, I want to be the next, like, cosmic skeptic or holy Kool-Aid or whatever. It's not that I want to be famous it's that i want to be the guy that's telling people things that makes them open their mind like i did you know and if that's in my writing i would that would feel like something that like gives my life a purpose so to speak that i that i would love but i feel like stilted by the fear of like my dad going oh my god i can't believe that you know yeah i i have some thoughts on this but uh, you know go ahead yeah i i want matt to speak to this first and then i want to give my thanks because i am curious about your response to this matt well, I, I think Justin kind of partially already knows what my response is because he yeah. partially addressed it, which is yeah. what's your reason for wanting to tell them? Yeah. I can appreciate that you would want someone who you love and who loves you to know and, and appreciate you for who you are. But if, you know, if you've got somebody who's on their deathbed or somebody who's, uh, you know, in a really difficult spot, the question is, is it the right time, the right place? And I don't know. I like yeah. the fact that mm-hmm. rather than trying to, maybe do what everybody else has done to be the next whoever um, that you're doing it through writing, because I don't know that there's enough people doing that. I'd love to see more and not just like, here's a book, but here are atheist characters on TV shows and in movies and other things that are not speaking like caricature cliches that are actually doing something to teach in the same way that, you know, I have stuff in my head from schoolhouse rock you know, three is a magic number. Yes, indeed. And conjunction junction. And I get it. Those are songs, but also there were characters on TV that made it more. Okay. Like I said before, I found my way out of religion on my own. And I was, you know, a huge fan of, of James Randi, who later I became friendly with and Penn and Teller, Penn and Teller were the ones that made it okay in my head to say, Oh, I'm an atheist. And that's because they were just being out atheists, having characters in, in stuff. Um, can really make things easier on people. When it comes to, to what you tell your dad, um, if you're doing it for the right reason, I have no problem with it. But if it's just a, a way of, I don't want you to die not knowing me, I'm not sure that that's the best reason, but it's not a bad reason. Right. Because it's nice to people have, have people genuinely know who you are and be okay with it. It's just, if you don't think your dad's going to be okay with it, it could make things really rough. So yeah. I, I don't envy your position. I don't have, I can't, I'm not, I can't, can't tell you what to do. Yeah. So like when I think about this, I think about, you know, my own story here 
And um, I did tell my parents that I was an atheist and that was really bad. Uh, it was like not a great situation when that came out, but I didn't tell them that I was doing this show for a while. And so um, when that they, when that happened, they found out and they watched it on their own. And I didn't get the experience of explaining what this work was and what I was doing to them. And I regret that. I regret that because I didn't get to tell it in my own words and and get them to understand exactly what I'm doing here. Because I think you can easily get the impression that, oh, I'm just trying to make people um, not believe in God and, and become nihilists and, I don't know, tear the world down, I guess, you know, if you want to be uncharitable about it. But like if, if you're already in a spot where you're right. sensitive about these things. You know, and especially about someone you love seeing them do something like this. And, and keep in mind, I was a Christian for them for, you know, the first 20 or so years of my life. So this is a right. radical departure for, for who I was. That was a big part of my identity. Um, and that was shocking to them. And it caused them a lot of discomfort and a lot of pain. Um, and, and so obviously, I know that's something you're considering. But on my end of things, I will say, I was really glad when that Band-Aid was finally ripped off. Because I felt like I could finally, even yeah. if I couldn't really talk about it with them, and I still don't. I, I, you know, because it's not really a comfortable subject, but they at least know that about me now. And it's, it's, it's a part of my self expression. It's a part of who I am, honestly, doing this show and, and talking about this stuff because I've been doing it for so long at this point that if they didn't know that, they wouldn't be knowing a part of me. Um, and um, if you're, if, if your dad wants to be in your life and respects you enough and understands enough about you that, um, you know, he's, he's going to respect your choices, which I don't know your relationship with him. Then I would hope that he would understand that for you and what you're trying to do, but that's a sensitive conversation. And, um, you know, I, I obviously not knowing your entire background, I don't know what that would look like, but I will say from, for my own part, I'm really glad that I ended up having that conversation. I wish that I could have told them about my show and everything that I do here, but, um, I'm, I am glad that I told them that I was an atheist in the first place, because yep. if they didn't know that part, I mean, that's a whole other, you know, can of worms to deal with. And there's that possibility too, that he might see, or, you know, um, know your work and, and you don't get the chance to share that with him the way you would want to tell him. So, um, that would be my advice there, but ultimately it's not, it's something, it's not something to be ashamed of if you decide not to either. You know, it's it's definitely understandable. It's it's your choice whether to give that information to him or not. So, right, I, yeah, I, I thank thank you both. I mean, I could certainly see, like, especially if his because he goes uh, next week to find out exactly how bad it is or whatever. But like, let's say that he's got six months. Like, of course, I'm not mm -hmm. going to say a word. Uh, you know, in fact, yeah. what what good is that going to do? But he he kind of you know, I grew up uh, with uh, the Pascal's wager kind of mindset from my dad, you know, like, well, it doesn't hurt to believe yeah. it, you know, and uh, why not? And I didn't know what that was at the time. And, you know, now I do, but so I don't really know like how I, I think he's just a person who just like knows there's a God, but doesn't yeah. really like too much. I mean, he, he does have a tattoo of like Jesus or something on his, <laughs> he's one of those guys. And, mm -hmm. and so, but he's not like a in church every Sunday kind of guy, but yeah, I hear you. You know, somebody, somebody said to me like, well, you could just write under a pseudonym, you know, for a while. Yeah or whatever but you know i don't hide it in my novels i mean i have you know like i put like an openly gay character in there and that was kind of a weird thing with my parents like why did you do that you know and it's like i was trying to like show them i was trying to openly show them like hey like i'm not the person that you raised anymore really <laughs> unfortunately for you guys. yeah and you know what here is something that i found in my interaction that was really interesting and it was my parents were mad that i didn't tell them and that was right. weird to me because uh, from my perspective, well, of course I wasn't going to tell you because you're going to be mad. 
<laughs> but also like i, I guess yeah. they felt like you know they didn't trust i didn't trust them enough with that information and that was true right. i didn't trust them with that um and i think they were hurt by that right because you know obviously for, for my relationship with my parents i've had a pretty good one um for the most part so like the fact that i was hiding that from them for so long they um I don't know. They thought that that was like almost duplicitous of me, but also I think they felt offended that they couldn't be privy to that because it felt like that they did something wrong. That's sure. something that I remember my mother specifically saying that she felt like a bad mother. It was like, no, it's not that you're a bad mother, but like, you know, I'm just at a different place in my life right now. And like, it took a whole journey to get where I'm at. And um, like, unfortunately, if your dad's not already on that path, it's going to be a lot harder for him to understand. So um yeah I, I yeah I totally respect your decision either way um but ultimately that's going to be right. something that only you can decide and that's nothing that me and Matt can tell you sure. you know yeah yeah well you know there's those little comments like well I just I just don't know why God did this and I don't know why God did this and I'm like yeah just biting my tongue like yeah I know it doesn't make any sense does it dad yeah <laughs> yeah um, it really doesn't Matt Matt yes yeah, sir when you mention your mom when you mention your mom all the time, it makes me yeah. laugh. It makes me think about my my mom, who's obviously gone now. But it, it makes me smile because it's she sounds just like her. And if she were alive, I would tell her because I could tell her that kind of thing. But she yeah. would react the same way yours does. So <laughs> yeah, that's every time you mention, I'm like, it's so funny that Matt Dillahunty's mom, you know, is just like my mom. Like in that way, like that just shows you something about certain people just can't change. So. Yeah. Hey, and the other, the only other thing is, one of you's too old, one of you's too young, but I'm just right. So they're called. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, for years, I, you I throw, didn't you talk throw down the thumper, and then <laughs> however many fall flip over is like points that you get. I guess I don't know the, the all the basic, but I was laughing through that because I'm like, oh my god, I remember these things. Hogs. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you guys. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, and I'll let thank you, you Justin. Thanks, Justin. God, this and was call us back. Experience. Thank you. Let, yeah. us, let us know what you design, uh, how it goes. I'm because a big fan of everything ACA. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I would love, I'd love to hear that too, Justin. Feel free to, uh, if you don't call in, please write into the show as well. The email for that's truth at atheist-community.org, and it's in the description as well. I'd love to hear what happens with that. Um, but anyway, Matt, you were saying. No, I, for, for years, I didn't really talk about my mom on the show, and, and that was in part because my brother had kind of asked me not to. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, it's not fair. They're not there to defend themselves. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't want my mom and dad to be a prop. Um, mm -hmm. But we, we had a bunch of talks and I'm, I'm comfortable, you know, talking about some of it. I don't tell everything about my family, but it's important because people need to know they have a perception of me and my life. It's like when somebody shows up in my Twitch stream, they're always like, oh my God, I can't believe Matt plays games. And I'm like, How? I don't understand yeah. the mentality of not as far as I know, everybody plays games. Like I'm more baffled by people who don't play games and I've been playing games since freaking Pong. Um, <laughs> but you know, my dad, my parents and I have a relationship. It is weird and it is not what it used to be, but it's not a bad relationship. We've kind of agreed to set aside, you know, any discussions about the religion thing. And my dad has, um, on a number of different occasions told me that he's proud of me. I know that he's not proud of me for, being an atheist and hosting an atheist show, what he's proud of me for is being a self-sufficient mm. man. man. Yeah. I, I make, you know, I haven't relied on them for anything since I left home at 18 to, to join the Navy. Mm. Um, or at least not much. I mean, they've helped me out on occasion, you know, dad sure. helped me move from Norfolk. So there's still a good relationship. You never know what's going to, what, I thought it was going to kill them. 
Mm. Like I, I figured this is going to be the end of my relationship with them. Um, you know, and, and it's not. Yeah. I, I thought the same for mine. And, you know, I, I feel weird talking about my family on the show too, but I, I talk about it for kind of similar reasons, I guess, to show that, Hey, I'm, I'm just a normal person that struggles with family issues just as much as anybody else. And, and I may not always have the answers to it, but at the same time, I also feel pretty, pretty privileged because, um, my relationship with my parents is a very good one. Um, all things considered, I think they have very problematic views and I'll, and I'll tell them that, but besides that, you know, like I still have a good family relationship with them and not everybody does when it comes to talking about these issues. And, and you right. and I hear about people all the time who, who have been cut off from their family completely and, and still struggle with having that relationship with them. And, and that's just another reason that motivates me to talk about this stuff, honestly, yeah. because like I, you know, everybody's going to go on their own journey in life and, and figuring this stuff out. And unfortunately, like people go down paths that you and I would not want to see them go down. But um, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think being an atheist is the worst thing you can be. <laughs> I really think there's a lot of worse things you can be, right? Like, Yeah. I, don't know. I, I it, Like if I listed the top 5,000 things that, that you could be that are that are terrible atheists yeah. wouldn't be on the list no. it's it's not a negative but yeah yeah it's it's so anyway just another reason why we do what we do but we should get to some more callers here um I i'd also point out mm -hmm. i'd also point out i don't think christian makes that list either i don't think yeah. merely believing something that you don't have a good reason for there are certainly particular versions of christianity that are worse than others yeah and they they amplify bad characteristics in people but i know plenty of of, of christians who are are fine they just they're not biblical christians <laughs> they're, yeah. not, they're yeah. not pointing to the bible and saying yeah. oh yeah we should have slaves and women should be subjugated to, to men and stuff so right yeah it's yeah definitely 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 let's get to um another caller here i want to talk to um johnny who's calling in from texas johnny you're live on truth wanted what's up hey guys thanks for taking my call uh, thanks big fan of both of y'all i want to echo uh what justin said y'all are both very instrumental in my, uh, you know, development, my understanding of epistemology and, and how to evaluate claims. And I was very into conspiracy thinking and, uh, you know, the new world order and Illuminati and all that shit. And that really had a hold on me for a lot of years. So I appreciate both of y'all. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. That was useful. So, yeah. So, uh, so my question is, I recently, uh, I'm really into SE. I actually called the show a couple months ago and asked a question about SE. I can't remember what it was, but um, I like that style of conversation. I feel like it's easy to progress the conversation with that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I recently had a really good conversation with both my parents, uh, kind of in the same boat as Justin, where you know they both believed, they both do do, do believe, and uh, you know every now and then we'll be talking about, you know, my dad's real into science and we both really like astronomy. And so we share, you know, new things that we've learned about astronomy and uh, every now and then, you know, he'll make a little side statement like, Oh, isn't it so great that it, it just feels like it's so amazing that it, you know, how could it all have happened by accident or, you know, mm. feels like there's a designer kind of thing, you know? And uh, anyway, so we had a really good conversation that came out of him making one of those comments and Ultimately, his position is, uh, you know, I, I kind of kept pressing him on it, you know, and he, he basically said, uh, you know, wherever, like we can continue to understand everything, right? We can discover more and more about the universe and its beginnings and its workings and all that stuff. But 
there's always going to be a limit. And behind that limit, that's where God is. Right. Mm. And so I kind of wanted to get both of y'all's thoughts on how to progress the conversation from there, how to press him a little bit more, uh, because he was kind of arguing for, not arguing for, but, you know, he kind of explained that he believes in a sort of a deistic uh, type of, you know, universe sure. starter and then sat back and doesn't interfere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and so I kind of got stuck with, you know, didn't really know what to ask him, you know, because they both believe in the Christian God, and that was kind of sure. where the conversation ended. We have been talking for four or five hours, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. this kind of a, a talk... Yeah, this this idea of of God is a it's interesting to me because this was kind of my idea of of God for a while. In fact, if you go to my conversation with Anthony, I kind of talk about God sort of in this language. And um, you know, a, a description of this is like the non-overlapping magisteria, you know, which is kind of this um, idea that there is a science and then there's religion, and you can kind of put a dividing line between the two. And there's just some things that science can answer, and some things about God. And, and, and religion that just can't be answered by science or can't be explained, um, you know, by a human understanding, human logic, you know, there's, there's different ways to explain that. But like, at the end of the day, if we're talking about God, and we're using like the language of logic, if we're saying, oh, this has to be the intent of God, or this is the design of God, then there is a kind of rationality being used there, or there is a kind of observation that's being used there. Um, and, and that's why this kind of, you know, um, logic about God doesn't really make sense because we are ultimately talking about God within a a framework of human understanding. Clearly he's not beyond human Mm -hmm. understanding. If we're able to attribute certain things about God, there must be some things about God or at least his work that we can know about him. Um, so it, in that sense, it doesn't make sense. And I know that you know that, but it's good to kind of, you know, parse that out a bit. So, but you know, as far as questions I would ask, I would just say, well, if, if God is beyond our understanding, then how do we know anything about him? Or how do you know that that's his work? Or I, I literally just typed, if God begins at the limits of human understanding, how does he understand this? Yeah. I mean, he's basically claiming to detect the undetectable, uh, to understand mm-hmm. th- that which cannot be understood. And it's just well, a fallacy to say that God begins where we don't understand things. That's called God of the gaps. And that's what I tried to explain. And, but... Uh, I think he would he would just readily admit we can't understand it right and his you know there there he tried to equate my position of saying you know I I base my beliefs on the evidence and I don't go any further than the knowledge than our current knowledge justifies us going I don't posit you know I don't take that extra step and posit oh God is responsible for this right but you do and I'm wondering why you do that and he's he you know he's basically saying well your position of saying i don't know is equal to my position of saying i think he's there and i'm like is it no, i'm trying to explain you know uh, yeah and i'm like no it's actually not and then i try and you know i'm like here's why because you know x y and z and 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 uh, it's just, it was just like a brick wall you know yeah yeah it's 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 this is the kind of god that goes like it, it's it's what happens when we live in an increasingly kind of postmodern world and we have more postmodern ideas about God, you know, um, not that I'm, I'm ragging on postmodernism, but just saying as a culture, how we understand should. religion. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's different thoughts there about that, but like, you know, as and talking about the God concept, right? Like, like it's, it's easier, you know, like, the atheist community sometimes is criticized because we talk a lot about fundamentalism and fundamentalist ideas of God. And it's true that there are a lot of Christians who don't really have that 
idea of God. But the problem is when you talk about these other ideas of God, when it becomes, you know, more and more outside of like the realm of falsifiability, then it just becomes a conversation of like, well, how do we really know anything about this God? You know, and and it, it, it's a conversation that ultimately goes nowhere. We have all of these assumptions about God and his intentions and his place in the world and his purpose for our lives that we could never possibly demonstrate just based on our own definition of God, that being a, a, something that's completely unknowable. Um, so I, I share your frustration. And, and the only th advice I could suggest is just asking like how they know things about God, how they know about God's intentions in, in the world. And if, you know, if they grew up in a different part of the world and, and would they understand God differently? Is it possible that their experiences um, shape what they know about God. And if their personal experiences shape what they know about God, um, then what does that say about knowing God in general, right? Like, like I, I will, I will hear yeah. Christians who will say that God is outside of what we can know. And at the same time, tell me stories where they've either personally talked to God or God has done something in their lives. So God is working in the physical world. He's doing stuff for us. And again, that's just, you know, it, it, it's, it, it becomes this weird this weird idea about God that we just can't do anything with unless you, all we can do is kind of ask questions about it. Right. So anyway, Matt, yeah. do you have any more uh, thoughts? Matt said it's a very nebulous. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, no, the, the one thing that stuck out is, is that, so he says that his position of thinking there is a God out there beyond all of this is yeah. equivalent to your saying you don't know. And I would actually just draw that out in a chart because if the question is, is there a thinking agent that exists beyond our comprehension? And your answer is, I don't know. And your dad's answer is, I believe there is. Then what's the reason for that? Those aren't the same answer. Yeah. And, and if his answer is just, well, it's just the same as I don't know. Then what he's really saying is he doesn't know, but he hopes. Yeah. And, and hope is different from, I have a good reason to believe this, or I am convinced. So, yeah. And you can play with this too. Yeah. You know, I hear a lot of people say that God is, uh, I was just going to say, you hear a lot of people say, well, God is love. Right. And that's an interesting one. Maybe maybe your dad would agree with that. And I could just I'd like to pause it. Well, what if I think God is hate? How would you demonstrate that to be wrong? Yeah, you know, I could I could I could show you lots of reasons why I could think God is actually hate and not love. And then, right. you know, I, maybe that's a good example where you can go down where, you know, using vague adjectives isn't the best way to um, make claims about God. But anyway, hopefully that was helpful, Johnny. Any uh, last uh, shout outs before we let you go? Uh, no, that's it, man. I was actually, uh, super happy. Uh, the timing worked out when I called in just so that I could call in and I found out that Matt was the guest. So that's, that's really cool to hear both you guys, um, you know, helping me out with this and, and your thoughts on it and, uh, just keep doing what you're doing and you're making Heck a big yeah. Thank you, Johnny. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate, Johnny. It. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Um, yeah, the people, everybody, this is why I, I like using the atheist label now, Matt. It's like, I, I don't know what God is anymore. God is just anything. I, I don't think there's a more nebulous word in the English language than God. I really don't think there is. Maybe love, but the problem <laughs> the, the problem with igtheism, which yeah. is and, and uh, uh, theistic noncognitive, is, or, mm -hmm. is you got it, you got it. Uh, yeah, all right. Is this essentially it holds that the question itself is meaningless? Well, that's not true. I mean, that, that's just demonstrably not true. Theological noncognitivism, this notion that what, what, what's true is that there are many different God claims. But if I said, do you believe in Fergal, Burgle, Minergal, Burgle, you would doubt you could have an igtheism 
position on or an agnostic position on mm-hmm. or a non-cognitive position on because that's a, a a name that I made up which has no context. I specifically made it up for that purpose, although now it's taken on a life of its own and people want Fergelbergel, <laughs> yeah. Minergelbergel t-shirts. Right. The truth is that while there are many different God concepts, they are not nonsense and they are not devoid. There are, it's just that this person's God is different from this person's God is different from this person's God. But in hmm. each of them, they're positing a thing that they yes. can describe, which mm-hmm. means it's not meaningless. What it is, is devoid of, of substance or support. Yes. And I, I, I don't, I don't get too bent out of shape about agnosticism. No, I gotcha. Cognitive. But yeah, no, I, I think that's a, that's a good point of thing. I, you know, w- when I use the term, I, it's, it's more of a statement, more of a political statement than it is a philosophical belief. It's more right. of me saying, I don't, uh, I, I can't make a blanket statement about God because I don't know what your God is. Right. So until and you can define that God for me, you know, that's, that's how I use that term. That is absolutely the right thing. And, and yeah. that's one of the reasons why you and I have a slightly different perspective on this than some people, which is yeah. if somebody came up to me on the street and said, Hey, do you believe in God? I'd say, no. But yeah. they'd say, you don't know which God I'm talking about. And my answer is, it doesn't matter. I don't mm-hmm. believe in any of them. And mm-hmm. so if you tell me that your God is this cup of iced tea, okay, well, I now believe that this cup of iced tea exists. Um, I don't know what your justification is for calling it God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the fact that we can have that conversation means there's some, even if it's ill-defined, minimal baggage that the God label contains. Because if somebody came up to you and said, this cup of iced tea is Fergal Burgle, You'd be like, that makes no sense. But if they they said this is God, you have some concept because there's some minimal concept within the vast human experience. Because, yeah, because there are people that have talked to me and say, well, I think God is the universe or I think God is love. It's like, okay, well, I think I, yes, I think the universe exists. So I I believe in the universe and I I, believe in love. I'll let the God claim come up. But yeah, to me, I also like the atheist label because. It makes people have to look that up usually. And so I'd rather them like go look it up so I don't have to like, you know, um, explain things. So that's a fair point. (laughs) But uh, anyway, I want to give a quick shout out. Somebody in the chat donated a thousand dollars anonymously to Truth Wanted. I don't think we've ever gotten a donation that high on this show. So thank you. uh, Whoever just donated a thousand dollars. In the chat, you guys are awesome. I really do appreciate that. That and, is um, outstanding. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. And all that money, again, it all goes towards it goes towards Truth Wanted and goes towards all ACA projects, um, particularly. But it helps show people on the board and people who um, you know make these shows happen that hey, Truth Wanted is a show that's worth supporting. So thank you guys so much for doing that. Um, let's go ahead and get to another caller here. I want to talk absolutely. to Glenn calling in uh, from Pennsylvania. Glenn, what's going on? Oh, not too much. How about with you? going good somebody just donated a thousand dollars i'm pretty happy about that that's awesome so how can we help you Glenn? good yeah sure i wanted to ask matt that um i have often heard him refer to um promoting positive atheism but when you look up the definition it really means the opposite of what he seems to promote really so yes. when i when i joined the atheist community of austin uh the intro for the show uh included the line um Let's see. Uh, welcome to Atheist Experience. Uh, but it had been included promoting positive atheism and the separation of church and state. I have changed um, that language quite a bit to where now I talk about the separation of religion and government. But I asked the question when I first joined the ACA, what do we mean by positive atheism? Because there's two different usages. One, positive atheism would be affirming atheism, which some people might view as strong or hard atheism in the philosophic sense. And the other connotation is 
putting a positive light on atheism. Which one do you think is the right definition that I'm doing the opposite of? Well, I just look up the definition and the first one's what I saw, but I understood that's what you meant. I just wanted to make sure that it, you were just using it the way that I thought you were, which was the second one. Well, we're, I, my argument, because the answer that I got was that we, we mean both in the ACA. And um, so when I talk about positive atheism, I both mean representing atheism in a positive sense, which I think the ACA does by, you know, e even if things get contentious, it doesn't mean you're not going to bump heads over stuff. It is, hey, we're going to present a positive light. But also, I have no problem defending the notion of strong or hard atheism uh, in the sense that uh, positive atheism, as opposed to not just I, I don't have a belief in a God, but I actively believe that there aren't any gods. The, the biggest issue, though, is that the best way to do that is to place the burden of proof where it should be and to point that out. And so when if you want if somebody wanted me to say, make a case for the fact that there isn't any God, the first question I have to ask is, OK, which God are we talking about? And this gets back to what Dan and I were just talking about with Igtheism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I can only address the God proposition that a caller is is presenting. But if we were talking about like a generic, the God of classical theism or the God of, there's not one God of Christianity. There's a bunch of different Christian versions of God. But for all of those gods that people think that God exists, that God, you can have a reasonable uh, justification in believing in that God and that that God wants you to know that he exists. I would argue that the divine, the argument from divine hiddenness uh, disproves that God and, and all of those gods kind of clearly. So what I need is for somebody to define a God in such a way that I can argue for why either I don't believe that God exists or I believe that God doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So it's different for different gods. Yep. And, and, and just, a, a, I mean, I know we just had this conversation, but like I, introducing myself to people with this idea, I do use the atheist thing because when I say I'm an atheist, people do have assumptions about what that means that I don't necessarily attribute to. Right. And so like, you know, atheism, you know, while uh, Matt has an idea of it and I have an idea of it and other people at the atheist community of Austin, but they might be similar, but they might be, you know, philosophically distinct in certain ways that gets lost in kind of a general conversations and stuff as well. So um, until you ask what somebody means by their words, you shouldn't make any assumptions, but that because is. Because it's really a huge mistake. And, mm -hmm. and I've talked about this before. Um, I, I came from a Southern Baptist background and I don't mm -hmm. know a lot about Catholicism, but I had family members that were Catholic. Um, I did a video just this past month uh, called um, Skeptical of Catholicism, touching on this a little bit. But I watch people who were raised Catholic. And so all they know are Catholic doctrines. And they'll sit down and they'll argue with, you know, a Presbyterian and talk about, well, it's just silly of you to believe that the cracker literally turns into the body of Jesus mm -hmm. uh, when it's Catholics that believe that and not all Catholics, but predominantly as doctrine. Baptists don't believe that at all. It's, it's an absurd thing to believe. But if you go after a Catholic for what a Baptist believes or a Baptist for what a Catholic believes, they get to ignore and dismiss you. So the yep. reason that you don't hear us quite often arguing specifically against the existence of a God is because the first thing we've got to do is establish what God somebody's talking about. And as unfortunate as it is, most of the people who are calling in haven't given this stuff enough thought to even be able to define what they're talking about. And they continually refuse to answer the simplest of questions that would allow us to get to that point. I'll yep. present the argument from divine hiddenness for most gods and, and it'll work fine. It's just, mm -hmm. if we did it every week, no, there'd be no show. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of be boring, but, but you know, I hope that clears it up for you, Glenn. Yeah. What do you think, Glenn? Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate it a lot. Cool. Absolutely. All right. Got that solved. 
feel like we're you ever feel like Matt, when we do this shows, do you ever feel like we're like caseworkers um for like 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 a company where like people are coming with their IT issues and we're just solving it for them? Sometimes there are some complaints that are sorry, I have to put lotion on my head uh because it's too sexy. And so I gotta tone it down a little bit. Um no. There are times when when it's great to hear complaints, concerns, feedback from people because it lets you know what point wasn't clear. Mm. And in my case, where I've done this atheist experience for 16 plus years now, um, it's always a little surprising to me what isn't clear. Now, it's clear for some people and it's not clear for others. Um, but I love having the different conversations and I love the different shows because the the, the tone and the calls on your show are going to be different than they are yeah. on Talk Heathen or Atheist Experience or definitely different from Secular Sexuality. Yeah, I, I think and I defined atheist when I was a Christian as like someone who like only believed in science. I think that was like the word choice I used because mm. I, I talked about it in my video with Anthony. I do remember saying that. And, it's, and I look at that now and I'm like, man, that's <laughs> that's quite a definition that I would not use today. But I also didn't actually know really a whole lot of atheists or what that community looked like. And so um, that was ignorance on my part, too. So it, and it's a, again, we, we're talking a lot about reasons why we do this stuff. But like having people actually know somebody with these labels and stuff and having them explain themselves is going to be way more impactful um, because like when you put a face to it, it, it means something different than just hearing somebody talk talking shit at a church sermon about what atheists are um so which is you know most people's experiences with atheists at least in the united states i would i would wager um or at least uh, a lot of people's experiences yeah uh, if, er if early on I, like i remember i'll keep this short uh sundays at church people would fill out the visitor's card and on mondays many of the church members would volunteer to go out and visit with the people who dropped off the visitor card they write down their address and typically you would go to their home and you'd knock on the door and you say hi we're from First Baptist Church of Harvest, you're here. You visited us on Sunday and you filled out your visitor card. We just want to come by and, and you know, sit with you. And um, some of them would invite you in. You'd sit down. You'd talk about what they believed. Mostly, you were talking to other believers. But on a few rare occasions, you'd run against some people that were like, I really don't know what I believe. I just wanted to go visit a church. Mm -hmm. And it never occurred to me growing up that those people were atheists. Mm. Because to me, in my head, atheists were evil uh, Madeline Murray O'Hare, they were trying to destroy God's country. They wanted to, you know, ruin everything, you know, and, and they were working for Satan. Mm -hmm. That's what an atheist was in my head, not just someone who didn't believe. People who didn't believe were lost. They right. weren't atheists. Right. Yes. Yes. There was something. That was another thing, too. I had this idea, and I'll keep this short, too, because we got want to get some more calls. But, like, I, I, I definitely had this idea that if you were an atheist, like, there was something emotionally wrong with you. I yes. definitely, definitely, definitely 100% thought that. And I remember the first time um, my friend came out to me as atheist in middle school, I assumed it was because he was having trouble with his family at home. And I regret that. I don't know where he's at <laughs> today. And I wish I could. I, I don't know if I ever explicitly told him that was my thoughts. But I, I know that, that that kind of thinking must have had an impact on my friendship with him. Because how you know our prejudices about people obviously affect our interactions with people, and so um, obviously you know we experience that when we we talk about this stuff all the time as open atheists. But like again, it's just another reason why to you know keep a, a smile on your face when talking about this stuff sometimes. Because I'd rather people think nice things about us than uh, continue to you know actively discriminate. Uh, which is really awful. But uh, we got some more callers here. We we should get to Sweet. those. Um, I want to talk to. 
um a previous guest of the show rudy x cold baby calling in tonight rudy what's up hey not much how are you doing good rudy you you're gonna be on truth wanted again pretty soon so folks should check that out when it happens so excited yeah were were you on secular Mm -hmm. sexuality last night uh not not last week no unfortunately but it was i I need to apologize and i kind of wish i had been on it i need to apologize to everybody who was on secular sexuality because i was sitting around the house and i went live on twitch and i don't like to stream while aca shows are on and it was like 8 15 and somebody's like do you know that you just streamed like almost all the way through secular sexuality i was like shit i would have gone live with that show instead of just playing a game but (laughs) Hmm. uh it happens it happens i'm sure they'll forgive you maybe (laughs) maybe maybe (laughs) so what's up rudy what do you want to ask us uh i wanted to keep it fun keep it lighthearted. something that i very much associate with your show dan is is cryptids yeah you you do like (laughs) it's like not quite supernatural but it's definitely in that realm depends on the cryptid yeah i guess it depends Mm -hmm. on the cryptid uh what's what's your favorite uh, in the in the uh few years you've been doing this show what's what's your favorite cryptids that you have heard about and of course i'd Um, like to get mass opinion too but i'm I'm, I'm sure dan has has more experience hearing about some interesting cryptids my my favorite cryptid experience is actually off show it was somebody who said that they wanted to call into the show and never did that i had um correspondence with on twitter it was a guy who ran this blog about the deer man the deer man that lives i think it's in albuquerque no not albuquerque it was in it was in canada it was in alberta canada i got, I got albuquerque and alberta mixed up there um, but it was in canada and and this guy ran this whole blog and he had i think pictures that he tried to take on his own experiences trying to find the deer man and he was like a big believer and i was like you know what we don't hear enough about the deer man what is the canadian government trying to hide from us um, and I just thought the oh concept was really funny. I don't know what that looks like. I still don't know. I don't know if it's like a hooved, um, like bipedal man, or if the head is a deer or like what that looks like. And I'll never know because he never called into the show and I was really bummed out about it. But yes, the deer man is probably my favorite Damn. thing I've learned about. So if anybody has any information on the really deer man, please call in because I want to know what, what's, what's up with that. Call so. in with proof of the deer man. Damn I want to know when I'm, when I'm co-hosting the show. <laughs> yes, please, please do. Anyway, Matt, you got a favorite. <laughs> I, I, so I, I don't, cause I haven't had that many people call in with, with cryptid specifically. Um, you know, I, I remember growing up and at the first time I heard about like Chupacabra and stuff like that, it was interesting, but I didn't have to deal with any calls. Something that's loosely related when, cause if we're just talking about, not necessarily cryptid as in entities, but as in, you know, pseudoscientific claims. I remember the guy that called into the show to talk about how I could confirm the supernatural realm by taking a mirror and building a wooden frame for it. And you had to use either nails, but not screws or screws, but not nails. I forget which one. And then you would have to go out and hold it under running water, but tie a rope around your waist and have a friend hold onto the rope. Because when you hold this mirror under running water, um, it would open a portal to another, to the supernatural (laughs) realm. And you could get sucked in through the mirror if somebody wasn't. Oh, yeah. It's on an episode of Atheist Experience. It is. What? (laughs) I believe the caller's name was Three Eyes. um, And eventually we we stopped letting Three Eyes call in. But, yeah, this was his way to prove the supernatural. Oh, that's so specific. Very, very testable claim. Yes. I mean, wow. I love it. He gave you instructions. It, It was very detailed. 
It's like the Bloody Mary stuff, except way, way, way more intense, right? Man, that's funny. Um, uh, Rudy, do you have a favorite cryptid? Uh, it, the Jersey Devil. Jersey it's Devil so is a number two for me. I don't know why. I don't know why. I've just always been like, like ever since I was a kid, I've there are certain cryptids that I've just kind of had in the back of my mind. Like if I saw something about them in a TV show, like watching X Files or some shit like that, I'd be like, oh, this is about the Jersey Devil, and I just knew about it for some <laughs> reason. Yeah, I, I I was an X Files junkie. I have the first editions of X Files comic book and some some other collectible stuff from x-files and I, w- I didn't believe any of it but i loved the show it was it was an exercise for me in kind of enjoying my skepticism but i was still a fundamentalist christian at the time uh i just didn't care about that much and the jersey devil diagrams to me always reminded me um the pictures that i've seen re- remind me of uh pazuzu which is mm. the demon that's in the exorcist that you see there yeah um so look at drawings of Jersey Devil and compare that to Pazuzu, uh, especially the Pazuzu that, that shows up in or, or the statue of Pazuzu that's in The Exorcist. There you go. I would love for a I've Christian fundamentalist to try to do an exorcism like live on air, not like in, in the building with me or anything. But if they could do it over the phone, that would be really interesting. Um, yeah. But it hasn't happened yet. Well, we'll see. But anyway, Rudy, we got to get some other callers. Um, thank you for for yep. calling in, and we'll see you on an episode pretty soon. Here, have a good one. All right. And what were you going to say, Matt? You had something there. Oh, I, I was like, that's because exorcism isn't real. But, oh, well, yes. I mean, yeah. that that is, yeah, that is the reason why I would want to see it happen. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to let people not try. Yeah, no, know? no. It, it, I would, I'd be happy to let somebody try to exercise the demons out of me uh, if they're convinced that I have well, them. Tell you what, I just don't want to see them do it on somebody who's got a mental health issue yes. where they they've decided you know oh no 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 i have very strict um strict parameters for how i want this done it has to be over the phone and i and they can't know where i'm at <laughs> so uh if anything happens afterwards and th- you know what they don't even have to call they can just do it right now while we're live on air i i would no i you wouldn't know? want it i would want like if somebody thinks that i have demons in me yeah i would be happy to You'd sit be- down and let them ha- come into my home oh lo- as long as there are other people there to make sure that they're not going to do anything untoward um, and try to perform an exorcism and record the whole thing. See, the difference between you and you is I would not be happy if anybody came absolutely near me with any of them. But uh, different strokes for different folks. I'm I'm glad you're willing to go so far for science, Matt. That's I have, great. I have nothing to be afraid of. That's true. Uh, ask me the question, Bridgekeeper. I'm not afraid. You can toss <laughs> your you can toss your holy water at me, and you can you know put your cross on my forehead, and I won't burst into flames or freak out. I don't want anybody splashing any water on me. I'm good. I had enough of that in my baptisms. I don't need uh, any more for exorcisms. But my, my I, baptism was a dunking, not a splattering. I had the splatter and the dunk. I had both. Ooh. I did the Methodist and the Baptist way, just to be sure. So um, anyway, let's get to some more callers here um, as we're getting towards the tail end of the show. But don't forget, folks, we're going to be on the uh, Discord right after the show. Link to that is going to be in the description if you want to hang out with us afterwards. So check that out. Um, but for now, we're going to talk to Evan. Uh, who's calling in from Colorado. Evan, what's up? Hello. 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 What's up, Evan? How can we help? Hi. uh, So I was wondering what basically your take was on, I would say, like Jungian psychology. Mm. Just in general or anything specific? Well, (laughs) um, more specifically, how it's like used in religion and finding like metaphor or not metaphors, but 
looking at mythology, looking at it sort of through that lens. And then I see how um, somebody like uh, Jordan Peterson uses this in arguments somehow to justify a belief in it. Yeah. Uh, so Jungian psychology stuff is interesting um, in that it's one of those examples of you can provide a lot of explanations for how things work without demonstrating any kind of falsifiability. And I think that's kind of the primary problem with Jungian psychology, um, from my understanding. I'm not like a scholar on the subject or anything, but, you know, um, all the ideas that I, I know about it, you know, um, retroactively interpreting texts through um, this kind of analysis. I mean, you're you're pretty much guaranteed to always have an answer for something if you adopt this framework. And, and that kind of undermines its ability um, to really give, you know, any, anything, any kind of meaningful answers. I mean, Jungian psychology is kind of the same thing as like Freudian psychoanalysis, you know, like it's, it's, it's just, there's not a whole lot you can do with it. You just have a lot of assumptions that you can never really demonstrate to be true. Um, and, uh, it kind of has its own internal logic to it, which, which I think is what, uh, people find so convincing about it. Um, but it's ultimately kind of, um, I don't know, it doesn't actually really say anything about how the human mind works on like a physical level, you know, um, we're not going to get any kinds of, um, you know, new medications for mental health based on Jungian psychology, you know, like, it's not going to really, I don't, I don't think it's really going to help people in a way that we would necessarily want them to, it may provide some sort of sense of answers for people, um, you know, but like, I don't know, I don't know how useful it really is, or how much it can really tell us about how humans actually work. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Well, I don't have any expertise in this area, but mm -hmm. I've had to look into it several times because I I have spoken with Jordan Peterson on, right. on stage, and he he's a fan of Jung. Now, of course, Jung uh, met with Freud, and yeah. basically, I view Jung as like Freud 2.0. Yeah. He just takes it a step further. But for me, it's a lot of packet pattern recognition and attempt to find meaning in things like dream analysis and stuff like that, where I think the mistake is in assuming that there's necessarily some significant meaning to begin with. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's like the, the people who are arguing, Oh, well, naturalism doesn't serve as a grounding for, you know, something in reality. Well, you're beginning by assuming that there is a grounding by what you mean that, that there is a grounding. And that may not be the case. Um, Oh, well, then the world will devolve into chaos. No, 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 no. My thing is, I don't, there's tons of labels one can put on themselves. Yeah. When, when somebody asks, hey, Matt, what's your philosophical label for your epistemology? Well, the closest I've ever been able to come is found herentism, which is something that Susan Hawk developed, which is a combination of foundationalism and coherentism. It's not perfectly in line with what I think, but it's, it's really close. When you look at like psychoanalysis, um, yeah, I, what I think is happening, and I think Jordan Peterson's way off the deep end, um, and and we exposed some of that when we were sitting on stage. But that doesn't mean that everything that Freud said or Jung said or anything else is wrong or bullshit or whatever. It just means that I don't feel the need to go, oh, I'm a Jungian or I'm opposed to Jungian psychology. Like I'm a Humean in the sense that David Hume is for me the single most important. Uh, philosopher on epistemology uh, of maybe perhaps of all time. And, and I think that he solved most of those issues. I just don't have that much of an interest in that type of psychoanalysis where we're, we're trying to get into the psyche of someone and, and find the meaning. I'd rather deal with cognitive behavioral therapy about, a, and, and, and skepticism and, and real interaction with someone so that 
let, tell me what's bothering you and why you think it's bothering you. Because whether or not you're right about why it's bothering you um, is a secondary issue. Yeah. But to to say, oh, well, this is all because of your mother or you know th- that type of thing that, that would be kind of Freudian, mm-hmm. I think is a gross oversimplification. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if it'd be interesting if it's, I'm not aware of the data, but if Jungian psychotherapy or, or Jungian psychoanalysis was actually helpful for people, uh, you know, maybe there's an argument there to consider it for, you know, a, a more practical use for, for every day. But I don't, I don't know that that data exists, um, but I could be wrong on that particular front. So anyway, Evan, that's our answers on that. You have any thoughts? No, that's fair. Um, the only thought that I have was, pertaining to the idea of a ritual um hmm. is that more inherently human and like because that usually ends up happening in religion and it's like have they appropriated this idea of ritual i, I don't know hmm. uh i mean i there have been rituals that are secular in nature um and so in that sense yeah i guess you could say that religion might appropriate the idea of human ritual in that ritual is foundationally um, just a human idea and not necessarily a religious one. It doesn't have, you don't have to have a religious connotation. They could be added after the fact. Um, So maybe in that sense, I would agree with you, Um, but I don't have, I don't know. I don't have too much concern with, with, there are, there's a number of different categories of rituals. Yeah. Um, If, if you have to spin around in a circle three times before you bowl down the lane or you're wearing your lucky socks, those types of superstitious rituals um, are probably a flaw. Uh, they're almost always going to be a result of flawed thinking. And in the application of skepticism, critical thinking, uh, expecting evidence to confirm something will get rid of those. But yeah. for example, somebody could say, well, Matt, you have a ritual on Sundays. You do the atheist experience. Now, mm-hmm. Granted, I don't do it every Sunday, but I also wake up every morning or at least try to make it morning. Sometimes it's afternoon, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I eat every day. Does eating make it a ritual? Yeah. I like, I like watching a TV show. Uh, I watched every episode of, of WandaVision and you know, is, is that a ritual? I don't have a problem with rituals until someone takes that ritual and tries to claim that it's more than what it is, which is now we're getting back to the sort of Jungian mm-hmm. thing, which is let's find a pattern. Let's find a significant hidden meaning in here. Let's find something in your past. Why are you doing this ritual? Because sometimes the thing that we might want to call ritual, we're just doing because it's fun. Yeah. And is, is it causing a problem? The other side of that too, being that, you know, there are people who do find power in rituals. I would argue at the end of the day, there could almost always is a secular explanation for whatever effects that they get from those rituals, right? Like people feeling a sense of peace or people feeling, um, I don't know, um, you know, whatever they get out of it. Um, I don't think anything supernatural is going on there. At least it hasn't been demonstrated to me. I think there are some people who make the case that, oh, it's the, the ritual of prayer or the ritual of he of laying hands on someone will heal right. someone, you know, and that's that's one where it's like, okay, well, we can we can demonstrate whether that's true or not. Um, but you know, uh, people like Matt is saying, we'll take it a step further and say, well, it's actually something deeper in the human psyche that we have the desire to do rituals because God put us there. You know, some people will take that route too, which I don't, I don't necessarily think that's they true can be either, useful. So. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like if so, I'm I'm a diabetic and I've been monumentally lazy at different times. And so there are certain rituals that I have that keep me from ending up with my blood sugar too high or yeah. putting on unhealthy amounts of weight, even though in the past I had lots and lots, I was more unhealthy then, but mm-hmm. there are, 
exercising can be a ritual and it's something that's good and it doesn't have to be a hidden meaning. Yeah, for sure. Evan, that's all the time we got for this call. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. Appreciate it. I want to try to get to one more call here really quickly before we end tonight's show. I want to talk to John calling in from Texas. John, you're on the air. What's up? Oh, hello, Dan. Nice to talk to you, man. Thanks for taking my call. Hello, Matt. There's a pie to talk to you as well. Big, big fan. Cool, cool. How can we help you? Thank you very much. Well, well, I uh, just have a question. A while ago, uh, somebody called, and uh, I want to know to uh, refine my uh, my argument. So I'd like to know if the platypus, it is a good argument for evolution. The platypus, and if like not, animal. Why not? Yes. Yes. Whether it's a good argument for like the existence. Well, the platypus isn't an argument. It's a creature. Yes. Yes, indeed. But uh, it is not like a kind of missing link because uh, you have uh, poison. You lay eggs. It's a demo. It's uh, got a little kind of bill and membrane fingers. Uh, I just curious because I want to refine my arguments and I don't want to just like argue with somebody and uh, present that and then just be defeated, you know? Um, I mean, we, you know, it's not like we don't have any idea about platypuses whatsoever. It's not like, you know, they're a complete mystery to us. I mean, maybe to us as the layman, because I know I'm not a biologist. I know Matt isn't. But, um, you know, I know people have talked about the platypus before, but I mean, you can trace certain lineages. I mean, the fact that it has the ability to lay eggs, for example, like that doesn't just come from nowhere. You can trace a lineage to that. Like, like the fact that all like a bunch of animals on earth can do that thing is a result of evolution. You know, like it, it kind of goes both ways. So like, um, you know, any specifics to the platypus, I couldn't tell you. Um, but just because a, an animal is very divergent from other animals that currently exist, that doesn't say anything about animals that previously existed on earth. And I'm willing to bet that there's probably a fossil record that uh, demonstrates um, some more of the lineage of the platypus that, that I would know of, but um, yeah. I think you can, I think you can make strong arguments for the truth and confirmation of the theory of evolution by means of natural selection, uh, because the platypus is one of only uh, two species of monotremes, and both of them are in Australia. And so, in much the same way that when Darwin um, went out and, and talked about finches and would look at them and their isolation on the islands to show how isolation, geographic isolation, resulted in different lineages. Um, the fact that we only have two monotremes and they're in this area shows this how this isolation works. If, in fact, we had had uh, monotremes um, isolated or not instead of being isolated off uh, in Oceania, uh, we, we'd had them in Africa, all of a sudden you might have seen um, other changes and more divergent changes. Yeah. But we can- know quite a bit about the platypus specifically because it's a curious thing and people look at yeah. it and they're like, how could that have evolved? And then scientists go out and they study it and they're like, oh, here's the thing. And here's the explanation. And by the way, this really confirms what we said all along, which is if you isolate a species so that it can't, you know, so that you limit its abilities to interbreed and, and, and change and morph, um, you get things like this, you get yeah. weird things. And convergent evolution wow. is the thing too. This idea that like two different animals from completely different lineages can evolve similar traits to each other um, in order to survive in their environment. You know, that's a, that's a well-known phenomenon in biology as well. Um, And so sometimes people will point that out and say that, Oh, these things have to be related in some way or another, but they really don't have to. Um, 
in order to, you know, like I, we, we have a stronger case with genetics um, to demonstrate lineage than we would just by two animals having the ability to lay eggs, for example, um, yeah. because, you know, uh, the platypus isn't as close to birds or modern birds or reptiles, but it does share a- some ancient lineage because that's where we see the animals today that can do that. So, yep. um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, John, unless you had anything else. Well, thank you very much for your, your, your explanation, you and Matt. And I got to tell you, I'm a big fan. And if you don't mind, I have one little more question. Like, if I, Oh, John, we're mind. at the end of the show here, but you know what? I'll give it to you. What's up? <laughs> what are we doing here, man? What are we Make doing? Make it quick. And, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, I, a while, a while ago, I watched uh, one of the episodes of, uh, the A-Kids experience and, uh, there was a uh, host with, uh, with Matt, there she shows uh, three jars uh, model. Yeah, that what got me. That's what got me into my path to uh, you know know the truth and question my beliefs. Yep. and you know because one was empty, the other one was empty, and the other one had some dices in. And yep. I thought that was pretty amazing. And I start my curiosity, and I never stop. Uh, is there any flaw on that model? So maybe I can use that as well, if I may ask. No, it's it's a great model. Tracy Harris presented that. Um, it was one of uh, a few things that were incredibly significant during during Tracy's time with the show. It's a great model to show that you have basically a jar with dice, a jar that's empty, and a jar with transcendental dice. And the jar that's empty and the one with transcendental dice look exactly the same. How do you tell the difference? And it's it's an important uh, thing. It, it's it's kind of like the beginning of set theory for some people, but it also touches on the subjects of how would you demonstrate. How do you tell the difference between a God that doesn't exist and a God that doesn't reveal himself? Yep. Yep. Very important questions to ask. John, that's all the time we got for today's show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for calling in and thank you to everybody who has donated and also called into the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Uh, But right now we are going to go into the discord after show. So don't go away just yet. We're going to go there um, and, and, and hang out for a little bit answer some more of your questions but i want to give a special thanks to matt for being on the show tonight matt delahunty thank you so thank much thank you so much I, I really enjoyed it i appreciate it man so uh obviously uh you know i do this for all my guests but um in case people don't know where can people find you at oh just i go to linktree and put my name in and that'll lead <laughs> you to twitch and facebook and everything else it's quick and easy yeah and you can always catch them on sundays as well for our other uh show here the atheist experience you might have heard of it um on on the atheist experience network here part of the same um little uh, little little crew we got here um so yeah you can check that out if you want to follow me you can do that on twitter at objectively dan and you can subscribe to this channel it's truth wanted on youtube and you can also go uh get it on spotify itunes wherever else you get your podcasts there's a couple different ways to support the show you can do it on patreon.com slash truth wanted and you can also do it through our shop we got some cool stuff in the store there. You should definitely check it out. We got masks still. We got hoodies. We got shirts. Probably going to have masks for a while, folks. I don't know when we'll stop supplying those, um, but we'll see. Um, so check that out if you haven't already. Um, and there's also a Facebook fan group you should check out as well for Truth Wanted. It is run by fans, and it is really cool. I pop in there sometimes and look and see what you guys are posting. So check that out if you haven't already. And I need oh, also you can uh, become a member on YouTube as well if you want to donate that way. You get little emojis and stuff for the chat. It's pretty neat. Um, and uh, of course, donating 
in the chat there is also very much appreciated. And last but never not least, I have to give a special super awesome shout out to the fantastic crew that helps make this show happen every single week. There's the crew cam. Somebody, somebody's, uh, I don't know if they're sleeping on the job or dead on the job. I guess they move, so they're not dead. That's good. Uh, and then uh, pouring some Is, is Puck for, pouring Fanta from He's, a teapot? I think he was. I think that's what he was doing. I was wondering Why, what that liquid was. Why, you pretentious, awesome person. <laughs> that's, I mean, why not, you know? It's 2021. All of society has breaking down norms for everything, including proper beverage containers. So... <laughs> Why not? Anyway, uh, Matt, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom before we close out tonight's show? Yeah, don't believe anything I say unless you go check it yourself. Stop buying, getting your medical information from celebrities, including celebrity doctors. And Joe Rogan is a dangerous idiot, but <laughs> even he acknowledged that after I called him out on it. Damn. Well, that's a, that's quite a send-off. Um, I'm Objectively Dan. This is Truth <laughs> Wanted. Remember to always keep wanting the truth, and I'll see you next time.